Hello and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to inspire and feel good about your money. I'm Marika Fino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the city of London, a yoga teacher and the owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindset, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. Hi Jelide, how are you? Hi Marika, I'm fine. And you? Yeah, really nice. Thank you. And yeah, really happy to meet you. We actually met through LinkedIn, so very powerful. And if I say a bit about you, so you've spent the last 20 years in private banking, helping families, high net worth individuals and entrepreneurs reach financial security and their financial goals. You also have a strong willingness to empower people with financial knowledge. And that's probably one of the reasons why you teach at a French school MBA. Anything that you want to add? No, I guess it's like really a, a nice sum up of uh, what my values are around the financial environment. I really like to empower people with this financial literacy that is so complicated sometimes, but which can be really easy when it's well taught. I 100% agree. <laughs> it's much more easier than it seems to be. So yeah, agreed. So today's focus is on financial legacy. So can you tell us what it is and why it is so important? Yes, of course. Financial legacy, it's usually something that people, you know, don't think about until it's the wrong moment. I'm going to explain myself. Everybody knows that we're going to pass away one day and that we have to live and everybody wants to leave a legacy to their families or their loved ones or maybe even to foundations or to causes that are close to their heart, but they don't. So the financial legacy if I have to explain it, it's going to be a legal arrangement that will really encompass all the assets, the wealth that an individual leaves behind after passing away. So it's vital that it is not only secure the financial well-being for the next generation, but also it's an act, you know, as a tool to pass on values, tradition, and support the family members after you leave, and especially with the way you want to do it. You know, that's why it's really important, the financial legacy, because if you anticipate, you will be prepared and it will be passed along the way you want, you really want. Hmm. And I like actually that detail because you can think, yeah, all my goods or all my belonging, they're going to, all my assets, they're going to go to the next generation. But maybe, as you said, not necessarily how you wanted it. So what can it include in terms of material possessions? I guess real estate, maybe company, anything, an investment portfolio. What else? Exactly. If we want to say something really general, you know, it can include everything that has a value and that can be inherited. So of course it can be real estate, businesses, stock portfolios, the personal item, you can think like, you know, it can be art, 
paintings, you know, famous paintings, but also other paintings that are not famous, but that are like from the family that has values. It can be boats. It can be jewelry. So you just have to really think about it. Anything with monetary value that can be inherited. But sometimes it has no value too, but it can still be inherited. Mm -hmm. Do you have any examples of no value? Sometimes, you know, you have something that is passed along the family, but has no value, like a nice jewelry, but that is not gold or it can be inherited. So you can say like, you know, this ring, it doesn't have any value, but I want my daughter to have it. I see. Yeah. And can it include as well non-material items? And I'm thinking, for example, of life insurance, when you may have an annuity or any other protection that you can buy for your spouse or children. Non-material will be, of course, we talked about, you just said a life insurance. It can also be if you are a writer, you have rights. So the royalties, so sometimes it has, of course, a monetary value and sometimes it doesn't have a value and it's not something like a real estate that you're going to pass on physically. Yeah. And who are the most common beneficiaries of a financial legacy? This one is easy and everybody think about it. It's going to be the classical one. My wife, my spouse, my husband, my children. But sometimes it can also be the mistress, the lover, <laughs> or uh, the other wife uh, that nobody knows about, the grandchildren. But you have to know that it can be like any uh, relatives or non-relatives that you want, because everybody can be on your will. But there's um, sometimes also, you know, everybody heard about Choupette that got all the heritage from uh, Karl Lagerfeld. And so it can also be everybody that you want to, the relatives, non-relatives, friends, people that you love, but it can also be organization, you know, non-profit organization, charitable organization, really depends on the, uh, your wish, so what you really want to do with your will and what you, who you want to leave your legacy. Mm. And I like the example of Karl Lagerfeld. Thanks for bringing it because I totally forgot about that, but it's funny. So what does the law say? And of course, it probably depends on countries, but in terms of inheritance between a remaining spouse and the children. And I'm just thinking maybe if you want to favor one or the other, can you do that or the law protects? If we want to go specifically for friends, the law gives you all the details about how you're going to do your the terms of your inheritance. So you cannot say, okay, I'm going to choose this one, this one, this one, and these children, I don't like it. He never calls me. He never show up. He was never there for me. I don't want him to have any of my money. It's not possible in France because it's really, really, the law protects it. And there's a portion that is called la réserve héréditaire. The children, it, they are part of the réserve héréditaire. If you are married, the wife will be part of the réserve héréditaire or the husband or the person you are married to. But you have also the remaining part that is called la quotité disponible in France. Of course, I'm really talking about the French case because I'm going to give you an example all over the world that is not exactly the same. <laughs> so you have la réserve héréditaire in France, and then you have the remaining part that is la quotité disponible, that you can freely 
allocated to uh, the person you want. You can do as you want in order you respect la réserve héréditaire. The rest of it, you're going to be able to split with uh, friends, your best friend, you know, other person in the family if you want to. But if you look all around the world, you can do the thing that choose. It's not going to be my children. It's not going to be the person I'm married to. It's going to be someone else. And you are completely exclude you from my uh, legacy, from my inheritance. If I can give you an example, you can do this in Turkey. You can say none of my children going to get it and I give it to uh, the housemate. Okay. I was thinking of a question, but actually you replied to it. It was about imagine the will of someone is not in line with the law. For example, I want my assets to be split like this, that, that, but actually only a part will be able to go as planned, but the rest you're banned by the law to follow the rules. So yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. If you don't follow what it's in the law, you're going to have trouble and all the people that are supposed to have la réserve héritaire can, you know, uh, file a complaint and have it do it properly. So you are, in France, you have to be careful on when you do uh, tricky stuff. Okay. And so when do people actually realize they need to do a will? And I guess it's often linked to life events. So I'm just wondering, what is the average age? Alors, that's what I was uh, telling you, you know, at the beginning. People will all um, know about it, think about it, but never take action. Mm. Typically, you have events that going to make you take the action. It's going to be when you get married, sometimes, you know, they want to be able to choose how they're going to, you know, live. Uh, or you can also, uh, when you're married, you can do a contract uh, with the person you are marrying, but you can also prepare your, uh, your legacy. When a child is born, because, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, okay, so now I have a, I'm not married, but I have a child and I want to also protect the person I'm living with because it's not all about being married. You can also be living with someone your whole life and have children and not being married. So you have to prepare it. And especially in those cases to protect the, uh, the person you live with. It can also be when something bad happens, people are like, oh, okay, it happened to... I don't know, Clarice, Jean-Paul. So I really want to be prepared, you know, not be uh, in this case. So they can also try to reach the infos and try to write their will at this moment. And the average age, generally, it's more in the midlife. You have the money, you build your wealth, and you're like, okay, so now I have to think if something's happened to me, I want it to be, uh, you know, split. Hmm. Very interesting. And I'm uh, a bit like uh, thankful because I haven't done one. So. <laughs> it's the pivot for you. So it's now after that, you're going you're gonna to call me. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you do it, actually? What are the key elements that you need to highlight in your plan? You don't have to go and do it in front of a lawyer or a notary. You can also write your will and have it uh, put in your safe or and then you know when you die you have uh, the will it's better to do it in front of a lawyer or a notary because it's going to be like really officials and that that are going to also help you to write it you're really good to do it that way because you know it's really involved a clear infos clear statement on how you wish to do it 
and how you want the assets to be distributed. So if you think about the fact that you do it in your house, you write it down to a paper and you don't respect la réserve héréditaire. You see, that's why it's really, really good to do it with a professional. If you don't want to go to a notary or to a lawyer, you can also go and work with uh, someone that is able to do it, like, you know, people who take care of wealth management. Usually they are able to help you writing your wills. You know, people are also prepared. I have one customer, uh, what he did, he prepared, you know, his will for his children. If he dies and the children is minor, he really wanted to have it on paper the way you wanted the child to be uh, taken care of. Mm, very important. I have a friend who did that too. Yeah. And um, not many people, people who actually do the will, is it very gender biased? As in you have much more male doing them or it's pretty equal between men and women? I don't have that data. Actually, it's a really nice question and <laughs> you got me on that one. So I'm trying to think when I talk with people, usually, you know, it's everybody wants to do it. The one who take action usually are men, but it's more shaped by the woman. But the way they look at it, it's not the same. But at the end, you have like a really materialistic way of looking at it. And it's like, I don't like that gender kind of analysis, but that's really true. Generally, you know, they're going to look as a massive amount for the men and the woman is going to be more a protective way of, oh, I really want it this way, this way. And, oh, you have to think, you know, that child is not going to be able to take care of this apartment. So maybe it's better to do it that way. You know, a more practical way than a mathematical way, uh, the way the man does it. But I don't like that gender things because it's like sometimes it really depends on the on the person. It's full of sense. It's generalizing, but it shows some things behind it. The only thing that I want to add, it's kind of a trend, you know, like the woman empowerment uh, nowadays. But you have to know that generally men are more aware of the things and those information that the women, they don't take care of it. They don't uh, want to hear about it. It's a shame because, you know, when the time comes, when you are really prepared, it's better. So it's really a matter of sometimes information, you know. It's that kind of problematic. Women doesn't get the infos. Sometimes it's that kind of um, difference that I see in my job. Very interesting. And I think as well, it's linked to the fact that yeah, if you don't take care about it or if you don't have the info, you're going to have to deal with it. But it's going to be the worst time because it's probably going to be at death. So why not doing it before to avoid that kind of extra stress you clearly don't want at that time? Yeah. And um, do you see any trends in that market? And I'm thinking about giving to charities or any philanthropic causes, probably because there's a lot of press about billionaires doing that. Is it true or what do you see on your own practice? It depends on how the family is like really organized. You know, usually it goes to the spouse, to the person you are married or the person you are living your life and your children. When you don't have children and you are, you're not married or you don't share your life with someone, it goes to the parent 
And everything is like really, really under the law, like we said earlier. And so you have not really uh, that much choice. But la quotité disponible, you can do whatever you want. And I've seen, of course, um, uh, not trends, but I've seen a lot of people that wanted to help and wanted to, you know, give it to um, causes that are like really, I don't know if you say causes, but like values or... Yeah, causes deep to your heart. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So, and I think that in France, you can also see that, but I didn't see it that much. I have one person that was like all by herself and has no sister. The parents were like uh, uh, already passed away. And she told me that uh, all her money, she wanted to go to uh, uh, La Croix-Rouge. Okay. And um, any other key advice on how to write a we, how to make it not waiting for the worst moment, any other thought around it? If I have to give one advice, is like the one I said earlier, you know, if you anticipate, you will be prepared and it will be accomplished the way you really want it. So for that, in order to be, uh, to anticipate, you need to get your infos update. You need to go and reach all the infos about it, read about it. You have a lot of articles online. You have uh, in the magazines about, you know, the wheel, how you do it, who are the professionals you need to call. So if you want to do it and want to take action and feel helpless, you know, go and, you know, talk just to a lawyer or to a wealth manager or to a notary and you will have, you know, all the clues and you will anticipate. So that's really my advice. You know, do not wait for it to be too late. Yeah. And I like the advice. It's everything in life. <laughs> the better, the, the sooner you do it, the better. Yeah. And and so we've spoken about good situations in a way where you have some assets or where you have some financial legacy. What happens in a difficult situation where, for example, there's debt? Are they going to the next generation? Yeah, it's a nice question. Alors, the debt, what happened to the debt? Of course, it goes to the next generation. But as we said, you cannot disheritate someone from la réserve héréditaire. But the one who gets the inheritance can say, no, I don't want it and completely reject it. So that's one of the options. Or because, you know, if you have like more debt than values, of course, you're going to, you know, if the assets value nothing and you have more debt and you have to uh, pay the debt of your father, uh, you're not going to be happy to, to get all that uh, legacy. <laughs> so you can reject it. You have that option, but you can also accept it to the um, value of the assets. So it's going to be the net of it. So they're going to go and do a mathematical uh, <laughs> equation. It's easy. Huh? It's going to be uh, the minus versus uh, the value of the assets and you're going to get the net value of it. Okay. Agreed. Super clear. And uh, last question, how do you suggest we should prepare ourselves so that we're aware of what we can legally do to distribute some of our wealth tax-free or in other ways, how to limit the tax liability? Because I think it's a big, big subject. Yes, that's what we call, I don't know how to say it in English, but I love the way we say it in French, l'érosion fiscale. I love it. And you know, the first time I've heard it, I guess I was 29 and I said, wow, érosion fiscale, such a nice way to say avoid tax. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it takes three generations 
to sometimes, you know, completely kill the entire value of the legacy. So you have to be prepared for that, of course. And you can use, in France, of course, I'm talking about France, a lot of financial ways, financial investment to optimize the tax implication in the legacy. What you can do is in France, we have life insurance that is really, really specific to France because it's not like in America, life insurance, you pay and then you get money. This one is the one you do while you are living and you put an amount and this amount can be tax-free for some of the people. And if you put it under the age of 70 years old. So you can use this one. You can also use what we call démembrement de propriété. So it's you have the property, it's going to be usus fructus abusus, and you can split, you know, usufruit and new propriété. Which means someone going to hold the walls, let's say, and someone going to live in it, but the two are fractioned. Exactly. And this one, you know, when you die, they become a whole and you don't have to pay tax on it after the death, because you pay it when you are younger, so you pay less tax. So this can be, be ways to optimize and uh, not have the tax uh, implication. So that's why I was talking about professionals, because on this, you can read online, of course, and it's going to be free. But sometimes, you know, when you have like um, really big wealth and or tricky situation in your family and you want it to be really well prepared, it's better to talk to a professional about it. Mm -hmm. And I know I am aware as well, sometimes you can do gifts or donations to grandchildren, these kind of things. You have amounts each five years, 10 years, 15 years, depending on your age. But yeah, this is a way as well to actually give back without having that tax liability at the end. So yeah, you just need to know about the rules so that you can actually use them legally, of course. Yeah. In France, you can really maximize the asset you pass by because, you know, you have the life insurance, you have les donations, uh, of course, and you have like for the children, it's nice, you know, it's per parent, it's 100K. So 100K per parent, per children, it can really, you know, help sometimes avoiding transmitting every of your assets tax-free. Yeah, 100%. And otherwise, it's probably a 30% tax at the end. So it's a big, big difference. Wow. Thank you so much, Julie, uh, for all of that knowledge, for sharing your work, how you deal with your clients, general trends, and um, yeah, like really practical things on how to actually do a will. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much and um, take care. Thank you for having me. And I was so happy to be here and glad to be here. So, and see you soon. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that's the end of this episode. I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website, marigafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you. Mm -hmm.